Third place in the ACC is on the line tonight when Pittsburgh visits the Dean Dome, where the Panthers hold a two-game winning streak. Pat Kilby, it's time for some revenge. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me as he always does, our guy, Coach Pat Kilby. And we want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook on Make Every Moment More. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. Coming up on the show, we're going to preview this pit game. And we're going to look ahead to some things that Pac thinks Carolina needs to do down the stretch of the season. And we got the Carolina football schedule. We're going to give you our initial reactions to that. But first, two quick other bits of news. Number one, literally an hour before we started recording this, UNC announced that it had hired Aaron Matson, fresh off of her brilliant career at Carolina to be the new field hockey coach. And Pat, this is a brilliant and perfect hire by Bubba Cunningham. The definition of a 40 year commitment, UNC field hockey ain't going anywhere. Honestly, I wondered somewhere in the back of my mind if this might actually happen. And it did. Yeah, props to Bubba for making that hire. I mean, it, I don't feel like it could have been easy to hire a 22-year-old. But, you know, we know she's going to be there for as long as she wants to be and uh, just going to add to her already decorated playing career, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this hire, and I'm glad it worked out. And Karen Shelton will be right there to help her along the way and give her any advice she needs, and you just love to see it. Man, you don't get stuff like this often. So, folks – Carolina field hockey is in good hands. Also, congrats to Armando Baycott for being named one of the 20 finalists for this year's Wooden Award. It's well-deserved. And speaking of which, that takes us right into this game tonight where he's got to have a big game to get Carolina in the winning column against Pitt. Wednesday, February 1st, inside the Dean Dome, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, 7 o'clock Eastern time on the ACC Network. FanDuel has the game North Carolina by 7 and a half pack has won four of the last five games in this series. I would not have guessed that until I looked at the numbers, but they've also, as I said off the top, won the last two games in the Smith Center. What has to change for Carolina to reverse the last two games in the Smith Center and what happened in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago? Well, for one, we're fresh. And so mm. I think to me, I, that means we need to come out fast and get off to a hot start. Uh, which we kind of did the last time we played them. And this wouldn't be the first time we've talked about this, but to me, we've got to play better with a lead. You know, if we can jump on them and take care of business early and then maintain that or even grow that, then obviously that's a key to success. Um, Hubert has had a lot of success in his tenure at the Dean Dome. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. We've only lost twice so far in his tenure that sounds um, right. While you're talking, let me double check it, but keep going. Well, I think it was to Pittsburgh last year and then to Duke. So we, we definitely need to avenge that loss. Um, and I think being at home will help that, plus being fresh. So I'm looking forward to see how we come out and play. Um, and hopefully, you know, I know that Coach Davis has said that RJ will likely play and be good to go 
And, you know, once we see that for sure, that will be a sigh of relief for us and we can just go do our thing. You're spot on with that. Just those two losses last year, 10 and 0 in the Dean Dome this year. Honestly, I, I love black guy RJ Davis. I would be scared and intimidated by it. And so I hope he comes out and does work. Speaking of personnel, though, sounds like Puff Johnson is going to be doubtful um, in this game. Looking back, he only played two and a half minutes in the first matchup, uh, which is one of those weird Hubert Davis uh, rotational kind of things, whatever. Um, but, you know, we look forward to what can happen in this one honestly Carolina had no business losing the first game they led for 34 minutes and 13 seconds Pitt led for just 351 and so I, I I mean right out of the gate the the thing you notice looking back at that box board Jamarius Burton 14 for 17 in that game 31 points and then Blake Henson came alive down the stretch as well 16 points total for him what 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 can Carolina do better? Like you as a coach, I know you watched that last time and you're like, come on, man, seriously. What, what, what will Hubert Davis and the coaching staff have drawn up in between? And as you said, with a week off to help um, better corral these two young men. Well, first of all, Pittsburgh does a really good job of creating and hitting three point shots. Um, in the, in the games that I've watched them, not just the UNC game, but in other games, I think they've they've had quite a bit of success from behind the three-point line. And if I remember right, I kind of did some stat research on them before this. And I think as a team, they shoot a little over 35% from three, which is, is pretty good, you know, overall. And they hit around 10 a game. So to me, it's really important that we guard the three-point line well and that we force them to take you know, tough, contested two-point shots. Um, and I think that we've been doing a better job of that lately as a team, forcing those things. And so we need to find a way to make sure that happens tonight, and then we need to do a good job of rebounding. We need to win that rebounding battle. I really don't know what the rebounding battle was the last time we played them, but it felt like it was not in our favor. I just didn't think we did a very good job of that, especially in the second half. So complete defensive possessions with rebounds. And then go value the ball. You know, Caleb didn't have his best game the last no, time. Just we seven points. Yeah. Yeah, just seven. So so we need to do a good job of getting him involved and bringing him alongside the way RJ and Armando have been playing. And if we do that offensively, I really like our chances. Yep. Tar Heels plus five on the glass in the last game. So uh, much closer than you would expect it to be against Pit for sure. And and as I recall, the Tar Heels did a good job with that stop the three tough twos in the last game, forcing Pitt, uh, I think, into five of 25 shooting from deep. But uh, you got to imagine that's going to be harder to replicate in the second go around with it. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that one of the biggest things for me here is that Caleb has to have a better game. I, Mondo had a good game last time, uh, 22 points, 13 rebounds on eight of 14 shooting, six of seven from the free throw line. Uh, Leaky had a strong game, nine points. Um, Pete had 10. RJ had 16, but an inefficient 16. It took him 11 shots to get there. And so, I, I mean, it feels like a game Carolina should have won, only lost by two, and Caleb Love only has seven points, and RJ has an ineffective game. You feel like if Carolina can be 80% 80, 80 of themselves, they should win this game by double digits, right? Like, I just look at it, and it, I'm still bewildered by the loss in that first game, I'm, I'm chalking it up uh, to it being on New Year's Eve Eve. I think that's what we got to look at. 
But another big thing here when we look at it is third place in the ACC is on the line. Virginia won on Monday night at Syracuse. Close one. Cuse just keeps shooting themselves in the foot, man. It's embarrassing. But uh, Pitt right now is in third place at eight and three. Carolina just a half game behind them. Same amount of losses, but only uh, uh, one fewer win. The Tar Heels are seven and three. So Carolina can move from fourth to third if they get this win. But if they don't, man, it creates separation and, and makes it all the more difficult to move back up to the top of the conference. And so uh, w- watch for just Carolina. I-, I love that. Coming out with urgency after a week off, I bet there's going to be one of those things where they're almost a little too energized at the beginning. You know, sometimes you see that mm-hmm. maybe miss a couple wide open shots before they settle in. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little too much juice in the tank. So we'll be certainly watching to see what happens there. But biggest thing for me, got to get Jamarius Burton under control. And then who plays? What What's the rotation? You and I have talked so much about it. We'll be watching for that. Well, uh, Pack, anything else you're looking for in this game before we move to the rest of the ACC season? No, I, I like what you just mentioned about who plays in the rotation. I'm What I'm watching for is to see how Jalen Washington impacts this game. Mm. Um, because he wasn't there, you know, he wasn't available the last time we played them. So um, this to me will be key, especially the way he's kind of been playing lately. I think he can cause some problems. Um, And then obviously, you know, Pete Nance has had a week to get healthy as well. So I think we could have a three-man rotation. I'd like to see us just dominate the glass and, and get the ball to them early and play from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. And and Pete Nance coming off of one of his most productive games of the season, 21 points at Syracuse last week. Well, yesterday on the show, I gave you five things that I'm looking for Carolina to do down the stretch of this season to help reach the heights that they did last year. I want to hear the same thing from Pat, because this is a great conversation to have. And he is in the stretch of his own season with his team where he's looking at these same kinds of things and we'll have some great insight to provide on that. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Honestly, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because it's the number one sports book in all of America. If you're new to FanBook, FanDuel, excuse me, even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app right now so that you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You will get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So honestly, Pack, tank that first bet and get all that money, right? FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. This site has been my go-to for daily fantasy for years now, and I love that they are now our partner here on Locked On. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash Locked On to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Once again, FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, we've hit now the home stretch of the ACC season. We're at the exact halfway point. Carolina has 10 games left, and they've got to go to work to make this thing happen. And that starts tonight at home against Pittsburgh. So, Pat, last season, Carolina right about now was at the same point. Interestingly, it was a home loss to Pittsburgh that felt like the bottoming out. 
we're not quite to that moment in the season. That was in mid-February last year. But let's assume that Carolina can get this win, which hopefully they do. Man, honestly, they'd be in such better position already if they had won at Pittsburgh. But that aside, <laughs> what to you are some of the things that you would love to see happen that would make it better about Carolina being in a similar position to last year's home stretch. Let's just take them a couple at a time and unpack it. Yeah. Well, for one, you know, if you go, we're already in such a better spot right now than we were last year, but if we go assuming, you know, take care of business against Pitt and then go win on the road at Duke. I mean, we set ourselves up very, very nicely um, with some momentum heading down that home stretch. Some things I would like to see happen in order to make that happen is first of all, and I know, I know I feel like I've harped on this a lot, but it's, it's still so true to me. We have got to get a set role for these guys that are coming off the bench. And I would love to see them start to get some familiarity and some comfortableness with their role down the stretch. And I know it's been difficult because, you know, it seems like Jalen's been hurt or Puff's been hurt or Pete's been hurt and, it's kind of made it tough to fall into that role, but I would still like to see that happen down the stretch is get healthy, you know, get roles defined. And then I also would like to see us get that or continue that established identity hmm. of feeding Armando the ball and then playing off of that. If yeah. we can continue to grow in that, man, I think that makes us really scary. What are some things you're thinking about? Well, let me, let me ask you about a couple things on that first, and then I'll share back on those. With with the first one, with the role identity, let's, let's imagine, I mean, this is going to be, assuming Puff doesn't play, this would be now three straight missed games for him. What sort of, like, outside of the starting five, assuming you would keep the starting five, what who would you look to as, like, the next two or three? Like, is it Jalen, DeMarco, Tyler Nickel, like what? What is that like? The the man six, seven, and eight guys in the rotation. Yeah, to me, uh, Jalen and and Seth Trimble and Demarco are six, seven, and Those eight. Those three. Um, I think Jalen. I would just love to see us get that steady three man rotation going between Mondo, Jalen, and Nance. And to me, like get get Mondo some breathers get Nance to the five and let Jalen play the four. Um, I think we can all pretty much agree Jalen stretches the floor better than Pete does. And Pete looks more comfortable at the five. And then, you know, when, when Mondo gets ready, he can come in for, for Nance at the five Jalen at the four, and then Nance can get back in there and we can get that three man rotation. And then amongst the guards, you know, just staying, um, you know, with a steady rotation between Trimble, Davis, Love, and DeMarco, and, you know, getting to a point where they're not tired. You know, to me, I feel like that's key, and they can, you know, do their thing and transition. They can not take plays off defensively, and we can just have a steady rotation there. And then, obviously, when Puff gets back, he can be in relief of Leakey. Yep, yep. And and that the, all of that allows Carolina to get – like to get to that second point of what you said too, of just feeding Mondo over and over and over. And in order to do that, here's the thing. You got to get Pete Nance out of the way. And, and that's no affront to Pete or who he is as a basketball player, but Carolina, if we're talking about how do you get back to last year's heights, 
you give Mondo as much space as he needs and you move out of his way. And that that's a big part of it is I'm almost to the point where I'm like, I feel like you got to limit the amount of minutes you play Pete Nance and Armando Baycott together because it clogs it up for Mondo and it clogs up driving lanes for RJ and Caleb get to the rim. And so uh, there's part of the issue there. And so if that's going to happen, it's either getting Pete out of the key more consistently or it's getting Jalen in there more at the four, who's a better stretch for and and spread Mm -hmm. the floor better. And so I think all of that that we're talking about right there all plays uh, plays together well. And so that that's really interesting to watch for right there. One of the things that's interesting, you also mentioned we're in a better spot than we were at this time last year, where interestingly, it's a similar record, but it's like we've taken the, the losses haven't been as bad. They, they've looked better and been more competitive. I'm, I'm not looking at all the losses right now. I guess I could pull it up as we're talking because I got a document with all the losses on it. But last year you had multiple 20 point losses or more. Mm-hmm. Whereas this season, I think the only double digit loss, if I'm remembering correctly, is the 12 point loss at Indiana. Yeah, that's right. That's the only double digit loss this year. And so I think part of that, plus you've got some better wins than last year. So folks listening who are like, why is PAC saying you feel better about your position this year, even though it's the same record? Well, it's because of who you've lost to, how you've lost to them, and some of the wins. So don't just look at record when you're thinking about position. Look at who you're beating, who you're losing to, all that factors in. In terms of what you asked me, Pac, of like, what am I looking at? There were several things I I mentioned yesterday, um, but let me go somewhere different since I've already talked about some of those is, excuse me, very specifically, letting RJ and Mondo get back into all that pick and roll action over and over and over again. Like I love the ability to have Mondo go into work in the post, but I also love the ability to start it with some good pick and roll, like at the high post or, or, you know, maybe mid court, wherever it would be. And just letting RJ be a decision maker. I think we're seeing a little bit more of that, but I, I think Carolina's offense functions better when he's able to be decisive and be the one that is facilitating in those ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When we, I mean, we know we saw that down the stretch of the NCAA tournament last year when, when RJ had the keys, boy, we were really, really special. And we did a lot of things to set him up for success too. And I think I do see us trending that way. So hopefully that continues and RJ keeps, you know, making the right decisions and the right reads for our team. Pack last question before we move on. Carolina has 10 games left. It is by no stretch of the imagination an easy schedule. Uh, they, they've got to play outside of at Notre Dame and at Florida State, which are places that Carolina has typically had some struggles at. All teams in like in that mix for the top half of the conference for the other eight games. If you were putting a projected record on those final 10 games, like what would you say? And don't give me the hopeful record. I want the realistic. Here's what I think will actually happen record. Yeah, I think it'll be eight and two. Um, I really, really like the way we're trajecting right now. Um, I think we're doing nothing but getting better. I think our experience is going to come into play down the stretch. Um, and honestly, I'm going to be honest, I could see it being nine and one. But I'm giving myself a little wiggle room. I'm going to go eight and two. Yeah. 
And that's been the exact record I said earlier in the week. And, and interestingly enough, that would give Carolina the same record heading into the postseason as they had last year, eight losses. I just think they would be a higher seed because of what they've done to this point, which was more than last year. So I'm aligned with you on that. Well, coming up to wrap up the show, we got Carolina's football schedule for 2023 on Monday evening in an interminably long show on the ACC network. I mean, it's just milking it for everything it's worth, but we do want to unpack it and try to figure out why on earth Mac Brown was so mad on Monday afternoon talking about it. And we'll do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try a Built Bar. We got through the holidays just a couple weeks ago. My goal this week, is, this year, excuse me, is to eat a little healthier. If you're like me and you want to do that, but without compromising taste, then Built Bar is the thing for you. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie. Not sure how they do it, but these bars always taste so good while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is it's got just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and yet 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around for a delivery to come from Built.com because you can pick up your Built Bars at Sam's Club or Walmart. So head to Walmart today, head on over to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a four bar box of some cookies and cream or man, go get a massive one of churros at Sam's Club. Try it out. You won't be disappointed. Pat Kilby, on Monday afternoon, Mac Brown is talking about the fact that he was really upset with Carolina's schedule. He had obviously seen it before it was released to the public and that, that the, it was unfair and some things like that. And so I was expecting this reveal to happen and be like, holy smokes, Carolina is going to have like be at Miami at Clemson at NC state at Pittsburgh to finish the season. And the schedule rolled out and, and I'm sitting here looking at it and we can read it off if we want to. And I got to be honest, I'm usually in lockstep with Mac Brown on most stuff. I don't get what he's so upset about. Can, can you help me figure this out? Is there anything you see on here that's like, oh, yeah, I get what Mac Brown's talking about. Like, uh, where where are you at? Are you with me or are you with Coach Brown? No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and I do understand, you know, like the last two games at Clemson and at NC State. But- sure. But let's be honest, we knew we owed Clemson a trip. We knew that was coming. <laughs> That's right. And then, you know, NC State, I know it's I know it's a rivalry, but gosh, it's just right down the road. And let's be honest about it, they're still little brother. So uh, we just got to, you know, make a little 10-mile trip down the road and, and hand them an L to finish the season. So to me, you know, I really, all jokes aside, I, I, I don't get why he's upset. Um, I think – I think the schedule actually works out pretty favorably, um, in in my opinion. I completely and and tack on right before Clemson, you got Duke at home on November 11th, and they they were better this year um, under Mike Elko, and I, I think it's going to be a good team, right? They're going to be strong, and so maybe it's partly that three game stretch. But even before that, you host Campbell uh, the the week before, and I mean you've got yes, you've got your open week in week five. But I kind of like how it's split into thirds because week five is open. You you uh, you open with a four game stretch: South Carolina in Charlotte, 
App State at home, Minnesota at home, Pitt away. All right, uh, Pitt away, that's tough. But, I mean, I feel like that's a winnable game. And then you're open. So opening four-game stretch, figure out what you got, a week off. And then you're at home three more weeks before you go to Georgia Tech. And then you get kind of a throwaway game against Campbell at home. And then that closing stretch. Like, I feel like that's a great pace to the season. You know, like what I'm saying, you get two resets in there, one with a week off, and then you're not losing at Campbell. And then the other thing, you look you look at the road games, Carolina's only got four true road games in this schedule. The that, That's more than they had in the – or uh, excuse me, they had more road games in the COVID year pack. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what there is to to be concerned about with that. The last time they had this few true road games was 2015. That season turned out pretty well, uh, 11 and three, and the Clemson offside kick year in the ACC championship game. So, um, I'm with you, I, or I'm I'm with me what I already said, and I'm with what what you said earlier. Um, so, Pac, let's ask it this way. Outside of the the Clemson and NC State games away, if you had to pick one other game that you would say is the third hardest game on the schedule, either because of the opponent or where it is or how it falls in the schedule, wh- who what would you put on that? I think Pitt away. I, yeah, um, me too. Both because it's away and Pittsburgh. I think he, I think they're really well coached. Yeah. And, and Arduzzi does a good job. He does, and they've given us some fits in the past. So, to me, that's a tricky one. But luckily, you know, like you've already mentioned, we have Charlotte, which is kind of almost like another home game yep. for us. Yep. And then App State and Minnesota before that. So, there's not much travel. And at the end of the day, we have Drake May. So, <laughs> uh, I, I really feel good. You know, we get to play at home a lot, and we have Drake May. I think that's a pretty good combination for the Tar Heels. So I think Pitt's the toughest. If we can get by that one early, then we go into a bye. Boy, I really like the way our season's going to shape up. Yeah, I mean, you you see a world in which you're heading into that game at Clemson in a pretty similar, if not better, spot than the ending uh, of this previous season, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't see any reason why Carolina couldn't have racked up a bunch of – now. If you're if you're not winning close games like you did this year, uh, you know you got some of that. Carolina's got to go to Georgia Tech, who they've not played well against lately. <laughs> like we just got to recognize that uh, Miami's going to be furious because Carolina's beaten them four times in a row now. And mm-hmm. um, Carol, this is it, it's pretty cool. Carolina played South Carolina and Charlotte to kick off 2015 and 2019, and so you, you get another one of those there. It's it's cool, kind of on this four year rotation now. Um, if we'll see that continue. So um, all of that said, I I, I, lo- I would love to agree with Coach Brown here. I just can't. I just can't. And and I don't like that, but I, I'm excited about this schedule. I love, I love ending with these challenges at Clemson and at NC State. You've been embarrassed by NC State the past two years. You got to go get this one and knock it out. And if I, uh, I've, looked this up earlier and I forget now, but I believe that NC State game is actually on Saturday instead of Friday this year as it's been uh, the past couple years. I and think that, Isaac, I think they're all Saturdays unless I misread the schedule. Oh, yep. You know I what? We don't have a Thursday or a Friday this season. 
boy. Because last in this past year, they were all Saturdays, except the NC State game was the day after Thanksgiving. And so yeah. you're absolutely right, because it's just seven, 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 seven all the way through. And so, yes, great catch. I hadn't even put that together, Pac. You've got 12 st- games of all Saturdays. And boy, what, what that can do for your rhythm is so important, so helpful. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the women's basketball team in their ACC schedule this year, going Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday for nine straight weeks. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I'm really excited to see it. Looking at this pack, you got 12 games. If you had to put a record on it now, what is your prediction? Nine and three with a bowl game win. So 10 win season to finish it, or yeah, 10 win season to finish it out. And then, you know, here's, and here's the big reason why I say that. I think we have an improved defense this year. I think mm-hmm. Gene Fizzett gets it rolling. And, uh, you know, I know you lose a lot uh, of skill position players, kind of similar to what you did um, heading into Sam Howe's junior year, you know, after you lost Deami Brown and, and Javante Williams and um, all those guys. Um, but I, I feel like they've replaced things better this year via the transfer portal. And there were better guys coming along behind like Kobe pace or like Andre green and, and things of that nature. So I'm with you uh, just to be a bit of a contrarian. I'll, I'm going to go one game worse and say eight and four in the regular season, pick up a bowl game win and get to nine and four. I think one or two of those close games goes a different way than they did this year. And Carolina gets just a little bit tripped up, but I hope I'm wrong. I want a 10 game season, 10 game win season. They should have done it this past year. We will keep our eyes on that going forward. Well, friends, that's it for today's episode of locked on Tar Heels. Make sure you're dialed in for Carolina and Pitt tonight important, important game. Cannot stress that enough. Cannot look ahead to Duke on Saturday. Got to get this one. If you haven't already, it would mean so much if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave the show a review. Some folks have started doing that and it's really helping grow the audience more. Would love it. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to recap the game against Pitt and get you ready for the women's team's game on Thursday night. You can follow the show on Twitter, Locked on Heels, our guy Pack, Coach underscore K23, and follow me at Isaac Shade. Email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and comment. For your next listen, make sure you check out Locked on College Basketball. Myself and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, thanks so much for spending part of your Wednesday talking Carolina sports with me and Pac, and we want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow when we're hopefully celebrating a Carolina win. Peace.